Recording Hi. in progress. <laughs> We're live. Hi, Hi Tati. It's it's Hi. a a pleasure to have this conversation with you in this formal way around uh, the waves you're making in the world and your music, your inspirations, and your travels. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. It's funny yeah. how this came about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get into that. And and everybody okay. listening, thank you for being here. Welcome to the to the Waves podcast. And um, the the um, the description for Waves, in case you're wondering, is are you making waves? I want to know the story and the intimate process behind what it takes to make them. This is the podcast to learn about cutting edge artists like Tati, Rebellion, creators and influencers who are guiding North Stars in their community and beyond. Reclaim your personal devotion to craft, whatever that may be, by hearing firsthand triumphs and failures from a variety of inspirational beings. In this show, you'll get a sneak peek under the hood of what it took for our guests to make waves. And what do we mean by make make waves? Well, grab your favorite elixir and listen for yourself. So welcome to Waves and thank you for being here, Tati. That's beautiful. Happy to be here. It was really nice to hear you explain that. I, I actually didn't know what it's yeah. called and it's very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So, Tati, before we got on, you asked, "What is my intention for for our, our conversation?" And I love that you asked that. Not everybody asks that, so thank you for asking that. And it reminds me that all of life is a ceremony, and we can relate to it as a sacred ceremony. And everything we do um, is fueled by a conscious intention, and. Um, my intention today is just to be present with you and uh, enjoy this this conversation, um, and to uh, expand the love that we both have for music and art and dancing and community and tribe and Mother Earth, and expand that in the form of our conversation so that other people can be entertained, inspired, inspired in their own craft. Um, and leave with a sense of um, joy and life affirmation. So Beautiful. that's mine. What's your intention for this convo? Um, well, I, I think firstly, it's really to honor and, and appreciate the fact that you asked, you know, you're a good friend, a collaborator. And I really, I've always admired what you do uh, musically and also just energetically who you are. Uh, from the beginning when I met you and you're just putting this conscious rap out there and, and your ecstatic dances and you can just feel the joy and the love when when we're in the presence of, of what you do. So mm. I do resonate with that and I think my intention is simply to to honor that, to honor the fact that we're trying to just add more love to this to the world, I guess. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, a flood of events and experiences and meaningfulness comes in because, um, because when I met you, uh, we were both living in the Sacred Valley of Peru near Cusco. 
And uh, it was a experience that I always wanted to have um, that I was living. And you are still part of, of that magical, um, that, that magic and re-earthing, re-tribing, uh, honoring uh, God within us and without us and honoring uh, music um, as, as something to entertain people, but also as, um, as medicine, as activation, uh, and, you know, bringing, just being aware of the power of music. And that's something that we shared from the beginning, because, because um, you're a musician, and, and I am too. So, um, so how about, how about we start there? Um, um, so, I met you in the Sacred Valley of Peru, but that was, there's a whole lifetime before that. So can you give us a, a synopsis of where you were born, where you're from, um, sure. and how you first got interested in music or the power of music? Beautiful. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico, and I, um, my, sorry, what did you ask where I'm from? Where you're from? And then uh, where you're from, uh, like, did you grow up there? And then eventually, like, how did you tune into the power, the, the love of music? music. Yeah. So um, I'm from Puerto Rico and I did grow up there. My whole family's there. I left for, for the university. I went to the, to the United States uh, at 17 and then never moved back home. Um, and for me, which is funny, is the first time saying that out loud is the first time I make a link between the power of music and the fact that I left at 17 and was alone from such a young age because uh, my first introduction to the power of music was uh, from my, by my mom uh, because she introduced me to singer-songwriter uh, Silvia Rodriguez, who's a Cuban folk singer of the revolution, of the Cuban revolution. So um, I grew up with these songs and more than the political content of them, I connected to the poetic content because it was about love. It was about awakening. It was about finding your strength, standing up for, for who you are, for what's right. So these messages really resonated with me and he's such a great poet that really you can listen to him your whole life and find uh, alternate meanings to his songs that have nothing to do with, with the political context that they were actually written for because he was hired by, by Castro. <laughs> that was, I mean, the singers of the revolution were actually chosen by the dictator to promote the revolution, but he's just, he comes from the heart and his songs spoke of truth to me. And um, for me, he was a philosopher. He was a modern day philosopher. And that carried me through my young days. I literally wanted to be a philosopher, thanks to him and through music. I didn't know how, but, but I knew there was that connection. And when I left home, I listened to his albums for years and years and years. And it just reminded me of home. Of course, I started listening to American, what was it back then? I don't know, Radiohead and many other things of, of the late 90s, early 2000s, indie music. Um, 
but but Silvia Rodriguez just stuck with me for a really really long time. Silvia Rodriguez, um, uh, okay, cool. Well, so how did you get from being inspired by Silvio Rodriguez and, and the power of his music and poetry to wanting to become a musician yourself? Hey, um, I actually, it was a direct reaction. My, <laughs> my um, dad signed me up to take guitar lessons because I wanted, I wanted to be a drummer. I just love music always. So mm. I just made it want to bang on things <laughs> yeah so I wanted to be a drummer and I asked for a drum kit for Christmas and my dad said yeah yeah you're getting it and then come Christmas day he gives me a guitar and I'm like what <laughs> and then he's like I signed you up at the Libre de Musica at the school in Puerto Rico and uh and it turned out my teacher was a Cuban man who reminded me of Silvio Rodriguez so I went straight into like learning his songs and um and playing guitar and singing. And uh, yeah, it was just very organic. Um, and I, I naturally, because I was, I was always a poet as a kid. So I was always writing verses, I guess. Um, so it was a natural leap from liking music, playing music to writing songs. But I got very shy. I actually took like a, I don't know, 15 year break or no, not so much, less. Uh, I started at like 14 and then to like 20, I, I stopped writing songs because the minute I started writing and showing my friends my songs and they started making fun of me because, you know, high school, I was like, fuck this. So <laughs> I've always had this thing of like being accepted with music, you know, uh, because at such a young age, it was like just mocked and I didn't, I didn't see it coming when it came mm -hmm. and then I stopped writing for a while, you know. Not cool. No, not cool. Bad friends, silly high school people. It's it stopped you for a while, but but yeah. th but then you you came back to it. Yeah, when I was in in college, I again I didn't study music, actually because I wasn't allowed <laughs> um, by my dad, um, and I studied engineering like gadgets not sound engineering um oh. and uh, um i took an elective in my senior year of like producing electronically and back then it was is it even it might have been in on logic ableton didn't exist yet this is in or something like that um and and it, yeah i just started making music with a midi controller and i thought that was amazing <laughs> okay okay and then did all of that learning and learning how to 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 use uh daws or programs to to record is that how rainbow rainbow beam dreams is one of your albums rainbow beam dreams yeah how did that rainbow beam dreams was a long time after so this was college right i actually um had a lot of friends in my life after the university and i realized i, I don't know why i studied engineering because i'm an artist i tried to apply to music school and then i realized 
I needed to have um, an undergrad in music to enter a master's program in music. And I couldn't justify myself going psychologically, going to a second bachelor. So I entered film school so, because to me, I love filmmaking as well. Uh, and I was like, okay, it includes music, right? So yeah. I went to film school. And by the time I graduated film school, I went through a breakup and that's what really just opened the floodgates. And I wrote my first album uh, when I was graduating from my master's program in film school. And um, what's ironic is that back then people were very confused. I've, I've always confused my family and at uh, and, and that point, my then what? boyfriend actually. No way. Black sheep in the family? Yeah, totally. totally. Uh, but at that point, even my boyfriend back then, who w- went to film school with me, was like, what are you doing? Like, you just graduated and like, you should be out and pursuing your film. And I'm like, no, I think I'm going to finally do music. So I graduate and I moved to the West Coast uh, to become a singer-songwriter on my own. With no training, just moved to L.A. Uh, and I, I trained on my own, took a lot of classes, started producing music. So at that point... I did start the hustle, but it was more like trying to build a parallel life. So to get jobs that would enable for me to pursue music uh, and then self-train, took a lot of courses, performance, voice, um, piano, uh, performance most of all, because that was the singer songwriter, the small circle and sharing my new songs in front of people was my writing process. It became my writing process. Um, and I think that's when I discovered the concept of leading a circle. I just didn't know it back then. Yeah. That you, feeling of like. You're yeah. being trained for something that would come. Yeah. More useful yeah. as well in other ways. Yeah. And I was starting to feel it. Because that, that vortex that was created when the audience resonated with what I was singing about, with my story, with my music, is the same feeling that I get now when I lead any kind of healing circle. So, yeah. Opposite of high school. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the irony also with um, film school is that when I first started creating ecstatic dance sets, my my first uh, mentor and partner, Exact dance partner was um, he said, I love your sets because they're very, they're very much like films, they're very cinematic. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So actually, <laughs> going to film school helped me create yeah. exact dance sets later. That's cool. Yeah. Dati, I just got to say, uh, I'm reminded of the magic of, of uh, magnet, being magnetized to other certain beings while you're on your path of life. Um, and there's some, some sweet, sweet synchronicities here because the first, uh, the first instrument I wanted to play was the drums when Ah. I was (laughs) no way. And I was like, wait, this is what I really am called to right now. Maybe not forever. Like, no, no. He's like, not drums, but if you want to take lessons, uh, I'll pay for you to go to piano. And I said, 
piano, like that's I'm like trying to do rock and roll, like and <laughs> I'm not. And then again, I asked the night, no, no, no. Uh, oh, I asked for an electric guitar, and he was like, no, 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 no. Like, why would you just so funny? distorted electric guitar and then finally He's i just get, thinking i want to sleep i don't want this shit through the walls yeah <laughs> but that kind of sucks you know because yeah. even if it's a thing for six months or a year yeah. it's the thing that's you're being called yeah. so anyway i feel you on that eventually i accepted the piano because i was like well <laughs> music so i can use this eventually which which, yeah. which um the other thing is um Okay, so I just wanted to affirm, you know, for people listening that it's like, you're going to attract people that you vibe with, and you might not even know why you vibe with them. And now yeah. I'm starting to even understand more why we get along. Definitely. And musicians. Um, yeah. I also have a, a degree in film. <laughs> I love how I'm finding out all these things. I've known you for six years. <laughs> finding oh. out with everybody else. Awesome. But, you know, there is a parallel there between film and, yeah. and music as a journey, yeah. not just as a, you know, like a pop entertainment format, which bless mm -hmm. music, but yeah. there's different styles. Yeah. And so, anywho. Um, Amazing. <laughs> so, out of this came the like where did R rainbow beam dreams fit oh, in? Oh, yeah, I forgot the question. Okay. So, so there's a big gap between what I was talking about and Rainbow, Rainbow Theme Dreams. Oh, well, please, um, again. Okay, so living that double life that I was talking about in Los Angeles to try to support myself and grow as a solo artist. And eventually my goal was to support myself as a musician because I wanted to do what I loved and nothing more. Yeah. So trying to do that in Los Angeles is a very funny life experience for someone who's actually quite shy and who never grew up wanting to be famous. So because then that becomes the only definition of supporting yourself, doing what you love. So I'm like, OK, so I guess I'm trying to be famous or successful or do whatever, you know, whatever it takes to, to do the thing I love. And so many years in LA trying to do that, to find my creative voice, to get better and better as a producer, as an artist, uh, while also having to have a parallel career to support it because albums cost money when you're not producing them yourself. Um, shows cost money, photo shoots, everything costs money. Yeah, it's an expensive thing if you're trying to fund yourself and, and it's not the easiest place to get noticed, LA. <laughs> so um, I actually got sick. So I got fibromyalgia over the, after many years on this, um, yeah, on the, on the wheel, yeah, on that path. Uh, and um, when, when I got sick with something that Western medicine didn't understand, like many other people who do healing work, you get right. sick and, and that becomes your, your awakening. Right, so, right, right. So um, when Western medicine couldn't help me, that's when I discovered, firstly, Eastern medicine. I, I found a 
a doctor in Chinese medicine who's also my chiropractor, who's also uh, who also introduced me to doing chakra work on myself, so energy healing on myself and visualization. And from that, uh, as well as realizing how bad the, the American diet was and the ingredients we were using went fully organic and to get to improve my body also started doing a lot more Pilates, yoga, meditation. So just this, I, I had actually discovered yoga and meditation many years early, but earlier, but it had become this thing like, oh yeah, I do it sometimes. And yeah. it's just there. I hadn't really discovered the power of them till I got sick. And it was just this combination of, of, of healthy elements that changed my life and healed me. Gati, what, what is fibromyalgia? Can, can you fibromyalgia is, um, is a neurological condition that generates a lot of pain all over your body uh, and uh, a lot of inflammation. So I would have random inflammation in my face and my intestinal, intestinal tract. And, and it's like a moving target, like your body's perfect. It's basically telling you, stop. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> um, and I would get migraines every day. So that was a calling to stop my lifestyle. Yeah. And that's when I discovered healing work. I started studying Reiki first to heal myself and then to start helping others heal and then became a Reiki teacher. And in this, this path, um, I just awakened to, to many, many things within me and, and just started doing the emotional and, and psychological healing as well. And I discovered sound healing and also plant medicine ceremonies. Mm. Uh, namely Ayahuasca and San Pedro, which I, I was lucky enough to find a good teacher there in, in Los Angeles. And um, and this is when I really rediscovered music because sound healing ceremonies, first I started as a Reiki healer, assisting sound healer friends and, and learning from them. Um, and, and I just start seeing the power of music to heal. In this case, it's singing bowls, it's chimes, but still it's, it's sound, right? Uh, and she was a singer as well. So I'm seeing her do like lullabies to people who are lying down journeying. And I just see how powerful it is and people crying. And I'm like, wow, I could do this with my music. And then when I start doing plant medicine work myself, and the first time I did ayahuasca, he starts singing uh, the the medicine the sorry the medicine music assistant to the shaman <laughs> started singing this song that just repeated the same words so I start harmonizing and I suddenly on plant medicine singing I completely rediscovered my voice it was like I felt my pipes I felt my body was singing this the sound was different. I feel like my voice was like before that ceremony and after that ceremony and the power that I felt, it was like I was meeting myself. Mm. And from there on, I could just have an embodied approach to singing. Whereas before that, it was always, you know, it's LA, everybody's trying to stand out, yeah. be cool, whatever, sound good. And it was always about like, how do I sound? Do people like it? Like that's what was going on in my mind as I was performing. 
before this ceremony and after that, I was like, no, this is, this is me. This is who I am and I'm sharing me. And so that changed everything. I'm, yeah, I, I still have a little ways to go before getting to Rainbow Beam Dreams. I don't know if you had another question in between or, or if I should just keep There's going. questions popping up, but I'm, I'm just tracking. <laughs> All right, cool. So after that, I could no longer do my life in LA as I was doing it. And I, I was working at, at Disney at that point in software project management um, with that original degree that my dad made me get. <laughs> and then um, I, I quit the job because I got sick. Luckily, I got financial help from them for like, I think it was up to a year. So I was mm -hmm. able to like work part time, work from home until I finally decided to give it up and during this time I would travel a lot up the west coast mm -hmm. um I went to Mount Shasta many times I'd go camping and just really connect with the mountain with the magic of it start getting direction from it and and the one of the biggest moments of direction that I got from the mountain over there was go to South America go to Peru and so I left everything and I had savings and I moved to Peru and that's when I met you. Um, and what that first album that I produced there was actually called Flotando. And that's, I produced it as Tati Ravel. Um, that was the first, yeah, that was the first. So all my music prior to Rainbow Beam Dreams is Tati Ravel. And then everything from then onwards is on Rebellion. Um, so... Flotando was an album that I self-produced fully in, on Ableton. And I was just so proud of that because at this point I don't have a fancy job. I can't pay an LA producer, but I have the time and I have the peace of mind. And I had a beautiful home that you saw and like this gorgeous mountainous land in Peru. So was it I think it took me like six months. Yeah, this was in Taray. In that house where you and I tracked a song once. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was the first album that showed me I can do this by myself. Um, and after that, I really wanted to just learn enough to sound more professional. Um, I had some hard things happen in my life, um, uh, in my personal relationship, and, and ended up, we ended up leaving Peru um as part of just the healing process and the transformation to start a new life and i just followed my instinct and we looked up like we both worked online and we looked up best cities in the world for digital nomads and valencia spain pops up and we're like let's try it out we go there we fall in love we're like this is it and within a day we had decided to move there within a week i found out that berkeley had a master's program in Valencia that they had just opened like a few years back. And I had always wanted to study in Berkeley. So I was like, this is fucking destiny. This is it. And so that my, the rest of my life there became like obsessed with getting into Berkeley. Once I got in, I did a master's in, in music production and technology. Then it was like, okay, how to package myself? What, what's my offering? Cause I wanted from the beginning of, of the masters to incorporate sound healing uh, and some form of ceremonial journey and dance. And basically what I thought I wanted to do was like a live music, improvised static dance. 
Uh, and then throughout the program, I ended up producing Rainbow Beam Dream. So I produced that um, during COVID. When COVID hit, I just put all my energy into finishing that album on my own. Mm-hmm. So that was the first album that I produced electronically after the education from Berkeley. So it sounds a lot better than Flotando. And, and that's why I changed my name um, at that point. Um, and it felt like a new beginning in so many ways. I knew if you look at the, the album art, it's a hand with a rainbow coming out because that's how I visualized my Reiki energy coming out. So it was healing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Healing being shot out, uh, out of me. And that's how I saw that album. And it, if you listen to it, it has all the colors of the rainbow. It has like five different genres five different emotional landscapes. So it's, for me, it was a full rainbow. And uh, the intention was to start healing with, with my productions, with my music. And then that led to ecstatic dance when I realized, oh, I'm more about like electronic production and not about like live music. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Thank you for taking me that whole way. And um Thank you for listening. That's like my whole life story. No, no, it's good. It's good. I and I, it's fun being able to look at it objectively now because you've lived it. You know, to see how each part. Yeah. I mean, some of the questions that were coming up, which I think is just, I've seen this time and time again. Whether someone is emotionally sick, uh, psychologically, you know, maybe uh, like pre-conscious stuff in their DNA and their lineage, you know, childhood traumas. Um, you, you mentioned the symptoms of fibromyalgia reminds me a little bit of shingles. My mom, uh, got, yeah, you're right. And it, and it causes pain in the whole body and it can be really intense. And, um, at the time it was just pure tragedy because my poor mom, you know, but eventually, uh, and and seeing some doctors, they were like, basically, you just need to slow down and stop because stress mm-hmm. and anxiety are what provoke uh, yeah. some of the flare ups. And it really forced my mom to. Yeah, really- the same with fibromyalgia. Got it. Got it. So it's, you know, tragedy into grace kind of situation that I see um, with with you yeah. and process of of awakening and and also becoming humble you know if if we're always healthy we can maybe take that for granted and so I see a parallel there and yeah absolutely I I have a curiosity because I also if I can add yeah yeah please please go ahead sorry I think I interrupted you no no please go ahead oh yeah no I was just going to add, because uh, the part about humbling one, <laughs> humbling you uh, with these illnesses um, that really resonated because it, it went further than that first. Yeah, we think we're invisible. We're young. I should be healthy. What's happening, right? That's very humbling. But also just my whole value system changed. I, I was telling my partner the other day, like, Honestly, thank God I wasn't successful back then with music because my value system was about, you know, getting ahead, making a living. And 
prior to my illness, my body system hadn't shifted from making it, uh, making a living to healing people. Like, okay, wait, we're, we're here for more than just surviving financially right. and getting ahead. <laughs> and, and after that, that's when my music could actually be meaningful to anybody, to myself, to, to people. And, and I feel like I was protected from having any success combined with the fact that I was self-training throughout, but, but I'm like just grateful that I was never broadly known when I was still finding myself. I'm still a bit of an idiot, you know, <laughs> like we're just, our, our value systems are just, yeah, not, not much to say, I would say. It's interesting because I, I've met someone at a Music and Sky Festival and I met, met a singer there, a female singer, um, I think in her 20s, and um, she had a really hard time being at this festival because it was full of people who were, you know, questioning, um, all, you know, modern medicine is the only way versus, you know, more holistic uh, Mother Earth kind of, you know, alter alternative. I sounds stupid to say alternative, but just other, you know, more ancient uh, yeah. Earth holistic medicine and uh it was full of people like yeah. that i don't think she had really been immersed in a different kind of uh listening like it wasn't a uh, normal la yeah. modern uh consciousness it was more like re-earth rewild re retribe kind of consciousness and she came yeah. to the uh, event to share her awesome pop like blissful pop music right and and it was great and it was good but it was a little she, she had a couple of sets in the first set everybody was kind of like cool we're doing yeah. this very pop thing but then throughout the weekend she was it was a healing thing for her and, and I had a conversation around because she did a second set around a fire and it was all about like questioning the system and uh question amazing <laughs> Uh, like the shameful Christian, you know, we're all sinners, like that kind of consciousness. And she had a whole song that she hasn't released and she had never shared with people questioning that. And I was like, wow, like to both artists inside of her and then finding the courage yeah. throughout the weekend to say her truth. And she literally said that she's like, I've never sung this song. I'm like, you know, I would be scared to ever sing this in LA to people because I'd probably get expelled or booed or whatever. And here she was, she had this fiery, strong song about questioning mainstream narratives and, you know, governmental control, all the things. Yeah. And like, whoa, she's, she's like hiding that aspect of herself. And so kind of healing to be able to have that much of a shift as a performer in yeah. public in it, one weekend. Yeah, it, it was. And she literally <laughs> like the, the um the sound system literally and it was my theory that she was so much passion and energy that she like blew the sound system and continued <laughs> on and people stayed there just like in awe of the power from this like little like pop thing that we had just experienced a couple of days yeah. earlier. Anyway, that, That's that, really awesome. that reminded me of, you know, you in LA 
feeling like um, you had one version of what success and making it looked yeah. like. Then the fiber yeah. and, and other things led you to South America. So that's where we met. So I'm yeah. curious, like, can yeah. you, there's, you know, a lot of people that would listen here that are, you know, maybe don't, not world travelers. Um, maybe they haven't had a call intuitively to, to go deeper and look under the hood of modern uh, mindset. Like, what was your experience mm -hmm. living? And, and uh, you know, we, we met uh, when you and, and Tom were working at uh, uh, Tantraya, right? Yeah. So yeah. kind of paint the picture of what it was like to, to live there and go there and seek out these more shamanic, holistic experiences. Right. Um, yeah. So, so we met, yeah, we were working at Tantraya and that's where we hosted that first ecstatic dance with you, which was so fun. But we also were hosting in our own house, uh, small retreats of like two to eight people uh, and ceremonies. We had our, our own ceremony room which we were in um, with a Shipibo shaman woman from the Amazon. So we both moved to Peru because we wanted to further our, our own healing and also with plant medicine, with ayahuasca especially, and mm -hmm. also to learn learn from the original curanderos and uh, and medicine women and men um i say women first because i was definitely drawn to her name is celestina um partially because she was a woman it's not that it wasn't that common in her tribe um mm. for the woman to rise as a as a medicine man <laughs> and uh, her father was a was an ayahuasquero her grandfather and so on right so she learned from her father and this woman was about 60 when we met her and her singing was just so magical you know the words were just like swimming through the forest in our mind and oh she would bring her son and her like nine-year-old son was like smoking pipe tobacco and um, there was just quite the experience to have this family in our home over and over again mm. and to learn from her. Mm. She called us her students, but I had, I, we were just assisting her. Like I didn't understand Shipibo. I, you know, I was just observing really and um, just being in her presence. Uh, and after having originally studied with, um, with a Mexican-American curandera, who had taken to ayahuasca as like an added culture, um, but who was in her own lineage, a Mexican curandera. It was quite a different experience to have both those. So I was really glad that I decided to go to the home of the medicine and really get to know the original cultures. Um, and it was just beautiful. It was a time when we didn't have to go to the jungle, the Shipibo curanderas were in sacred valley where i met you in the mountains and mm -hmm. uh, such a peaceful area uh the jungle can be very wild and raw but the mountain is very nurturing and mm -hmm. gentle 
So it was, I just feel very blessed to have taken that time. And I stretched my savings as much as I could yeah. so that I could just do this work. And then I tried, because <laughs> I was already teaching Reiki and offering sound healing and, and offering uh, soul retrieval, which is a different form of energy healing, um, mm -hmm. which I had studied in LA with my Mexican teacher. So I, I was trying to make a living doing something new. Um, and it was a very long process because in that case, because I was in the home of ayahuasca, I wanted to offer healing retreats. But then I, at some point I realized that I was coming to the end of my personal work with, with the plant and um, that I wanted to take a break. And I started trying to offer Reiki retreats, Reiki and sound healing and cacao retreats. And, uh, and not enough people would sign up like maybe one or two. And so um, that's when I started realizing like, okay, I, I, savings are getting to the end. I got to find a new, a new way to, to make it work right. and keep traveling because I didn't want to go back to America. Uh, Trump had won coincidentally the month that I left America. So <laughs> I really didn't want to go back. Yeah. So I started working online. And I just started working online for companies that were not as big and not as corporate and, and then combining offering healing work with working on my music and then just doing part-time jobs online and, and living in places that cost less to live so that right, I could right. work less hours. In, in, uh, and I'm curious now, having done that work, you know, personally offered it to others and, and just, you know, been in that that realm and that service, the Reiki, the cacao, ecstatic dance as well. Like, how are you with the fibromyalgia? Did, are you healed or, or how does that look like in your life now? Fuck no. <laughs> um, no, I, I, am, I am a much fuller version of myself. I feel whole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel broken. And I think I did feel broken mm. when I was in LA. I didn't fit in. I, I, I couldn't figure out um, how to be me and be celebrated just for being me. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a big hole in my soul for that. Because I just wanted to be that little girl that, you know, is being herself, saying whatever. And the family's like, oh, I love you. So I was yeah. trying to get that in the adult world and, and really struggling. Um, because I don't know, I was too, I think I was too like bright eyed for indie music, but too thoughtful for pop. So I just didn't fit in anywhere. And I, um, I definitely healed that. I think this journey that I've been on, like I said before, first finding my voice with plant medicine and that leading to completely different views of music to heal others was very touching and rewarding. So to offer a medicine song when in the middle of ceremony, someone is literally going through the darkest, darkest time in their life and have lost sense of time or just in pure despair and to offer them a medicine song and have and be their lifeline and heal them in that moment they they you know they they look at you and that song is saving their life mm -hmm. and that is so humbling to offer it 
mm. for me to have had that experience to offer songs in that way and sound healing in that way and for people to basically like put their full heart in my hands like in that moment be mm. like just just carry me through this yeah. and for me to see the power that my voice my music making and 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 that the songs had just changed my life and then when i took to ecstatic dance i did it from that perspective so i see the whole dance as a ceremony i combined the cacao my voice my songs the ecstatic dance dj set journey and then some sound healing and, and every different part of it even if i'm just arriving at someone else's event and i'm just doing an opening circle and i just have five minutes and then i go straight to the dj set i try my best to put that part of me is that healing intention into those five minutes or yeah. if i'm lucky into the whole opening ceremony yeah. so that as much as possible every minute of that journey that i'm offering is a healing offering um and so that people can get from it as much as, as anybody in a medicine ceremony would mm -hmm. in a plant medicine ceremony would or or as, as i have myself in other yeah. people's ecstatic dances where it's like transform me at the end oh funny thing at the end of my fibromyalgia healing journey that's when i discovered ecstatic dance in 2014 and that was like the last big push for wellness in my body because i had to be good enough physically that i could actually dance but right. i was still like feeling broken but ecstatic dance kit took me from like that point to like ah <laughs> so i knew the power that it had yeah to just bring people out and, and heal their body and, and spirit so yeah well yeah so that's where i am now but to your question of whether i'm healed no i'm still you know still make huge mistakes and i think we, we learn every day the concept of healers aiming to be healed is, is a very tricky one because i still yeah. feel like the same 15 year old in some ways and i feel wiser in, in others you know yeah yeah the the wounded healer and i mean and, and that brings up a whole point like is there such thing as a fully healed human being um with no you know with no uh barriers to feeling whole and energized and vital and healthy you know that's a it's a constant thing um and gosh there's like so many different routes we could go in this conversation um but uh let's see yeah i think the what we had talked about earlier uh for me as well because you know i've been on the the medicine path as well and uh, i got to a point also where i was called uh to do you know to work with shaman and shaw women and um it that world has given me more than I could probably ever integrate into some yeah. kind of box because the, the benefits have been so big. But one of them was um, realizing that even something like hip hop could be made into medicine hip hop. And the first time I, I saw that uh, expressed in the world was in a ceremony with a with a, someone who was hosting it, who was also a musician who goes by the name Ohm, and uh, sat with him in Santa Cruz. And in the middle of the ceremony, and I didn't know anything about him, 
he started beatboxing and rhyming. And it was as if a ninja with a sword uh, was like <laughs> my mind and soul and emotions out. And I was like, Oh my God, uh, like hip hop medicine, medicine, hip hop. So that opened up a whole new relationship that's amazing. with music in general. Um, and that's why I say like, like, more than entertainment, music as a liveness, music as an activation, transmute, reboot, put the noise on mute, transmute, reboot, and turn up the aliveness. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you, yeah, we're recording this. Good. That, that's our next single. Turn up the aliveness. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, there's so many parallels and this, this conversation is giving me a lot of joy and filling my hope, my hope tank for all, all beings that, uh, that there's hope in, in unlikely places and, and hope in places beyond what we know. Yeah. And if we open up our hearts and minds to, to God, the mystery, to ayahuasca, to the plant allies, to benevolent guardian aliens, the, the help is out there and this, this, our allyship, our friendship and our musicianship reminds me of that. So, so thank you for, thank you for choosing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, you to thank you for healing yourself and sharing this story. Yeah, thank you for asking. I love those questions. <laughs> um, and okay. So we, we have about 20 minutes left and there's so many things, oh. that, so many timelines we could go down. I think for me, um, I, I'm really uh, over here as a fan and celebrating you for the the com you, you made a commitment to to pursue music in a in a deeper and deeper way. And so, what's what's on your horizon right now? Because you're bopping around the whole planet, leading uh, sound <laughs> ceremonies in the form of ecstatic dances and beyond. Yeah. So, what's your life like right now? Oh, thank you. I, I'm just so happy. I mean, I, I had a moment this past week where I posted my, my current tour calendar for, for the West Coast lag that's coming up, where I hopefully will see you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is my dream. I'm living it. Because I, for a long time, I had visualized, like, when's going to be my first world tour? When do I post that calendar? Because I wanted nothing other than just sharing my music and my joy, my love, <laughs> my yeah. medicine yeah. with the world. Um, and it has taken a long time for me. It's, it's such a blessing to see the rewards of perseverance. Like yeah. every time you go to like a motivational speaker, you know, speaking series, they just like and then perseverance and the other day i was actually taking a production course with most and he said so so as you see it's perseverance and i'm like God, yeah it is perseverance i started my first album in 2009 and now i'm finally like resonating with i found my people I've, i'm able to travel the world with it so it's been a long road to get here and i'm just so joyful like Every, every new venue that, that I'm like, oh, I, I would really love to play there. And then that part of me is like, 
I, I wonder if I'll be accepted. And then it's like, oh yeah, I'm booked. <laughs> every little, every little Rewiring. achievement. Yeah, it's like, I at some point changed my programming to, I go where I'm needed. I, I Someone said to me in Peru, I'm looking for that, which is looking for me. And that has really changed my outlook at home. Um, and, and so like we still, find uh, even within ecstatic dance some communities that are a bit more close than others and uh, and we still find some of the same hurdles to get through as I did in LA for example you know if like just having to be introduced to somewhere and, and all these things and it's a very different effort to try to get my music around the world when I truly am trusting like, okay, I'm going to go where I'm actually needed. And if, if a country or a city or a scene doesn't work out, it's because they don't need my medicine. It's not for me. It's, it's all good. So like that knowing carries me through each of these like, oh, so I, I always compare. I've been comparing my life to a video game for more than a decade now. Remember those uh, RPG role-playing games that it was like a black map and every time you moved a little bit the map opens up a little bit yeah so so that's how i've been comparing my life for many years and this tour like that so i i've been traveling i was um i was resident dj in valencia for uh almost two years before i decided to leave and then i started with peru early last year and it was that thing, like, I'll just go somewhere and see what comes from that. And, and the, more, um, the more my music resonates with people, the more I find like, oh, that person is inviting me to this other city. And so my, from every one gig, I meet two or three people that are like, oh, maybe the tour will go there. And, and then you'll light up that part of the map. That light up that part. And so before I know it, I'm going back to California, which is where this all started. And it's so healing. Mm. And it's just so healing to go back there with my offering, with just my heart open and it being accepted, requested, you know, invited. Needed and it's even. Yeah. Needed, yeah. I mean, not, not, not an ego thing, but I, but I do think that the work we're doing, um, it is needed. It's needed from me, from you, from everybody else is trying to use music as medicine and many other tools as medicine, many other art forms, right. um, because, because it really does help people. And I think what's amazing about music and art and their ability to heal is that they're the most sacred brainwashers because they act as bridges for people who would otherwise never be talking about consciousness or looking within or, healing or facing their trauma but the the music and and these journeys take them to a place where suddenly they're like oh wow i never knew this could be used this way and, and their heart is opened and they weren't consciously like i want to do ayahuasca they were just like yeah. i think i'll go dance why not you know <laughs> yeah that's, so, uh, yeah that, that is how i discovered ecstatic dance like someone invited me to go to ecstatic dance on a date and I was like ecstatic. Amazing. <laughs> like 
ecstatic like i just imagined like naked people dancing and like maybe doing on ecstasy yeah i was like uh, sure because i'll lean i like to lean into the edge but my life changed after that so um question tati is um do you have a moment in your life or uh, can you share a story of a moment in your life where music touched you in such a meaningful way uh i I mean it sounds like there's been many because you've led a life involving music but is there one story you could share about the power and the love of music Mm, it's funny because i would have said um i would have said that ayahuasca ceremony that i told you about Mm-hmm. But I know, I know there's more, and I think it has, um, yeah, because the, the natural answer, I already said it, one that's coming to mind that I wouldn't have expected is, it healed my relationship with my father um, in a way I didn't expect. My dad was horrified when he first heard my first song he was horrified because it was good <laughs> because everybody in my family was like wow Tati you could do this and he was like ah, she's she's doing it she's gonna go to music I thought she was gonna be a successful engineer and have money and be taken care of for mm-hmm. him I don't think with me it was about appearances I think it was that Latin dad parental fear of will my daughter be okay will she be taken care of um and in his eyes music wouldn't do that and mm-hmm. uh, and so mm-hmm. it's been a very long journey from that first song um and and him watching me pursue music as an adult and just be completely confused and try to be supportive and we've had fights and questioning me and how are you earning a living but how much are you actually making is that enough for this what if this happens what if you get sick and like all these questions right and and it's been good because it's forced it's challenged me and forced me to look at these harsher realities and and possibilities and and have alternate paths parallel lives as i said before different sources of income so that i'm not the starving artist and, and i can actually offer my music from a healthy stable place right so it's been a journey to figure that part out and and it was an an ongoing conflict with him and there was one time where he introduced me my dad uh is friends with a lot of the lead producers in the pop industry in puerto rico and i think for him that was one of the reasons like if i was a pop star like if that was my personality, if that was my style, if that was my voice, because my voice is not a belting voice, it's a soft medicine-y journey-ish thing. Yeah. So he never saw me as like, I don't a even know. Who to, yeah, I, Lady Gaga or whatever. If I was that, his friends would have signed me. So he has had this fear that I'm chasing like a, a wall for many years but at this point he had seen me like i'm supporting myself i'm producing albums but i'm still you know i'm healthy i'm doing my thing uh so he introduced me to one of his friends who is a great producer and composer and he's more he's kind of like the most sensitive one because he's more 
on the musician side and less on the industry side, um, even though he produces famous artists. So he introduced me to him and he really liked my original, my first EP. And we did one song together. Uh, he Sorry, he liked my first EP, but, but this was way later. He was just listening chronologically to my music. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think he pointed out my first EP because me reflecting here is of the, of the EPs I had, had, had at that point was the one that was the most raw, the most me, the most untouched. I wasn't trying to be anything. I just wrote these songs and paid someone to help me produce them, right? I wasn't trying to fit in any nature, any whatever, right? So he saw me and he produced one of my medicine songs that I wrote. Actually, uh, I was invited to provide music for a mushroom ceremony in California. And this song, I was improvising it in the ceremony and I made it into a song. It's called Embrace Your Light. It's somewhere on my SoundCloud. I never released it, but, but I produced this with my dad's friend. And the sound actually has a bit of like a Disney feel to it. It's like a lullaby, you know, because he's a pop producer and a pianist and, and it's contemporary, like adult pop production. So the production yeah. of it is, I would say, quite Disney because that combined with my medicine lullaby innocent approach but when my dad sat down in the studio and he heard it he cried it was the first time my father saw me and he said he said you are so special you can heal even even the most broken he said at that point and he doesn't know me as a healer. And, and he saw that in that song. Mm. And I had used that song in medicine, in plant medicine ceremony. So I knew it as a healing song. But to have someone like my dad, who's so foreign to any of this, we had a crossover. And, and at that point, I was like, wow, this song has single-handedly healed my relationship with my dad. <laughs> and after that, he saw me. He's just like, he took a step back. And, you know, he, he's been supportive. Uh, ever since trusting wow that's yeah. cool that's so beautiful yeah. wow thank you for sharing that that's, thank you i hadn't even thought of that in so long yeah, it's almost, a, almost a tear wants to sprout but i i feel that in my heart thank you thank you i um yeah i know i know how how much it means to be seen understood by by a parent yeah, you know? and uh, it makes a world of a of a difference if, especially with something so dear to you like music, yeah. to that be an access point that touches your father's heart and then he reflects what he did. That's beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Ah, okay. Um. Um. So. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to talk about uh, our song that will be Yay. coming out. The, the <laughs> release date is to be determined, but we just got the masters back, and uh, it's uh, thank you, Carlos, Carlos Silva at C1 Mastering. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I literally have a friend in uh, in Spain named Carlos Silva. I know he's not an Amazing. engineer, but anyway. Um, can you t tell us a little bit about it? I, I, um, you, you reached out about a year ago, less. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit less, but and you reached out and, and we were talking, we had already produced something together in Sacred Valley, yeah. um, which, you know, to be determined, but you're yeah. like, start something fresh and, you know, meet on the same page. And, um, yeah. and well, so- we were both doing ecstatic dance. And as I was telling you the other day, we were only living in the same place for about two months out of a six year friendship. Yeah. So that's pretty freaking cool. It's like we've led parallel, yeah. <laughs> we've led parallel lives and and now are literally doing just very similar things, doing ecstatic dance journeys with our own songs and singing them live and offering our heart medicine through these events. Yeah. So um so yeah, I thought it'd be great to produce something together and uh and yeah, I was just, I was looking to, to collaborate and just make magic with people who saw music like me, I guess. Heart, yeah. heart medicine. <laughs> heart medicine music. And, and yeah. like I was talking, I mean, the song itself, it's called Met Before. And, um, and you sent me a guitar, um, yeah. like a two minute guitar yeah. thing. And then one day I just started singing and it brought something out. This is why I love collaborations. It brought a side of me that doesn't often come out or that I record. Yeah. It was a very like soft, gentle singing that you thought was Lydia when I sent it back to you. I was sure it was Lydia. I'm like, oh, Lydia's voice is so indie, soft. <laughs> I love it. You're like, but Lydia's not singing. I'm like, oh my God, I've never heard that side of you. I love it. I love that. Well, that's a compliment yeah. because it's, yeah. you know, I don't want to be limited to only like rapping or yeah. you know, a certain style of singing. And so yeah. I was just like, this is a medicine song and we met in a kind of medicine context. So I, yeah. I want to bring like prayer formants to this as much as I can. And then that's what came yeah. out with a little bit of, um, I wouldn't really call it rapping. It's kind of like spoken word rapping a little bit. Yeah, um, but also it, it came from a medicine intention, but the lyrics are actually pop. It's completely accessible. Like it can be understood by anyone as like a love song or, or, or a song of being down in the dumps and, and reaching out to someone. And so it's, it's, it's medicine music, but it's not in, in the face, awaken or, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a tender. It's tender yeah. and vulnerable, and uh, you know, acknowledging, uh, que- questioning of self and difficulty in life, and yeah. um, but we ended up making a beautiful thing. It's like a medicine yeah. bass with a tinge of hip hop. Tribe a, a duet to a, duet. Which is cool. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, really so- nice. Uh, so the story for me also, I, I got your your demo, which had, I guess, what became the chorus, which is the more singy part that I thought was Lydia. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the, the main verse, the, the rap sing, spoken, oh, singy uh, verse. And then I was in Ibiza checking out a, a venue for, um, for an event, and I was just walking the beach and i liked it so much when i heard it on my headphones that i just quickly started improvising verse two and again for me because i was going off of you so you were going off of my guitar 
and which was a folky guitar had nothing to do with like what I knew the production would end up like yeah and then you did something that was a bit different to what you usually do and then I was going off of your part so I did something different yeah. what I usually do <laughs> and it just yeah it's a, it's a special song because it's it had a life of its own <laughs> and the way it came about for me like that verse that I wrote was just very simple and short but it was like a self-reflection of what it feels like for your mind to feel crazy because uh, you know female hormones life life is confusing sometimes sometimes yeah. you feel like you're just going crazy and as yeah. healers, I feel like we try to be like, no, just, you know, we try to speak more from that place of, of higher knowing. But the reality and the answer to your question from before is that emotionally, we're still working through a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so emotionally, we still have days where we're just feeling like nothing makes sense, like our mind is our enemy and like yeah. we're just navigating those feelings. So yeah. It allowed me to write from that place, and it was it was cool. I like like what came out. Yeah, I like what came out too, and it was nice to feed off of one another and and kind of honor what each of us were putting in yeah. the thing. And like with that said, it's like yeah, it's it's nice to be positive and you know affirmations and you know like you know just be a boss woman or a boss man, um, but. For me, part of that is I've realized is my, one of my intentions is to make people like normalize people's pain and feeling yeah. crazy and depressed or, you know, whatever the thing is. And so I will go on record and like declare like some days it's not safe inside my body, you know, yeah. like I'm sure other people feel like that. And yeah. And uh, so. And it gave me the strength to to answer because the minute you said that i'm like oh i know what that feels like and i can speak from that place too whereas if i was just writing a song by myself i'd be like oh just do some healing on yourself and yeah. then write a song <laughs> private and then yeah. a positive song. yeah yeah so so it's that kind of thing where i know when artists that i love speak about something i'm going through and all of a sudden you feel like you're part you belong to a group of people whether you're it's as a fan or whether it's as a just a consciousness you belong to a group of people that can acknowledge that it's not all honky dory yeah and it's not all like yeah glossy like we have it all figured out and nothing wrong with that or nothing wrong with artists that present like that but i'm trying to be like a whole human here making music okay. not just one you know yeah. one point of view or one presentation yeah, and that's why absolutely. that's why i love the song and you know the song um is you know could be sung on guitar around a campfire and then yeah. the the beautiful production that you did with the mastering and all that it can also be um like you know, a slow kind of bump in medicine based kind of thing. So it has a couple of different modes it can be in and, uh, and it can be part of, you know, an ecstatic dance would fit right in. So yeah, or um, a concert. <laughs> yeah, or a concert or, <laughs> or a or, medicine ceremony. Medicine ceremony. Didn't, yeah. didn't you sing it in one? Am I, am I thinking of a different song? Um, did I sing that? Oh, in the spot. 
No, no, no. Oh, you I played did. it. You did I play it, right? It. Yeah. Played it. And when we were, when Lydia and I were in Tulum and we were in a ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony, it was just us two and uh, a beautiful human, um, Amina. And uh, at the end, um, she she said, do you have some music that you'd like to play during the ceremony? I told her, yeah, and played that song. And I was just like, oh my God. And this was that. raw demo. And I'm like, this is a beautiful song, which is why I thought yeah. it was important to have like a, an acoustic version too. Yeah, definitely. I love that yes for that. Yeah, yeah. that transmission. Yeah, is so, so people know what we're talking about. We're going to come up with multiple masters, the normal master, the instrumental, and yeah. then also just an acoustic one, especially so that Flo can perform it live. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We both <laughs> yeah. got a lot of ecstatic dates and you know yeah. festivals and things coming up <laughs> ecstatic dates ecstatic tours <laughs> um so well well obviously you know to be continued as as friends we'll continue the conversation and the path I love and it. i hope to see you when you're um coming through norcal yeah that's um, but uh, so where can listeners find you? Where do you want to direct people if they want to dig more? Yeah, the easiest is uh, my website, which is rebellion.com. And it's rebellion, like rebellion, but rebel, because that's my name. Happy rebel. So it's so R- rebellion.com. R-A-B-E-L-L-I-O-N.com. Dot com. Yeah, and then my Instagram is at I am Rebellion, and they both will lead you to my SoundCloud and to lots of more fun stuff, uh, uh, other social media. Those are those are two starting points, and uh, yeah, I'm constantly posting my tour path and all the dates that are coming up and new songs and all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, hopefully you can you can catch Rebellion Tati. Um, I mean, everywhere. I mean, the, the chances are you're if you're in California or Mexico yeah. or Playa del Carmen or or uh, Europe, maybe Hawaii. I met someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going back to Europe in the summer and then coming back this way. I'm in Mexico right now. Uh, coming back to Mexico and California in the fall as well. Yeah. And playing yes. a festival in December here in Mexico that I heard you were invited to as well. I hope we both come. Who knows? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be Miguel, cool. Miguel and Silvia. Shout yeah. out to you guys for... Oh, yeah. We love you, you guys. Um, much, much, much love. And we'll, so you know, much love. God, those two are shining, shining... Yeah brilliant yeah. love love lights yeah. and, uh, they and started agni. talking about and agni and nolan as well they're all agni producing it together Co- yeah yeah for sure beautiful beautiful, beautiful people thanks yeah. for introducing me introduce me to all of them now they look feel like family as well yay they are they are we're just walking each other home um so sending out love to everyone that's listened and, and, you know, everyone on the path, like, you know, thank you to all the perunicorns and all the, the beings just honoring their heart. And, and to those that aren't honoring their heart, we honor all of humanity and uh, may we all continue to walk each other home and find what we need, what we desire and uh, live the life of our dreams. Mm, So it is. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, a women and a men and all love to you. A women. <laughs> love it. Okay, awesome. well, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me. This was so much fun. For sure. For sure.